You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And it is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. How was your weekend? Mine was pretty fun. I'm thinking Asa Hutchinson and uh, Mike Pence had a really crappy weekend. (laughs) That's just too bad. No, it's not. It's great, actually. I'm glad they had a crappy weekend. Uh, Mike DeSantis and Asa Hutchinson were both grilled by Tucker Carlson, and they both did a face plant aroni. I will get to the audio on that uh, very shortly here on uh, this Monday edition of the show. 800-922-6680. I, um, I did have a chance to go over the weekend. I'm not going to make this first segment about this, uh, at least not the, the family reunion portion of what I'm going to tell you here. Uh, But I did, for the first time since I found my biological family, go to my biological family reunion in uh, Panama, Iowa, which is a very, very microscopic community in southwest Iowa, about uh, 20 miles, 25, 30 miles from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And I got to meet uh, the um, Weiss side of my family, um, uh, German family, uh, largely. Um, also uh, met the uh, Pauli side of my family, and I got to meet the uh, the, uh, the the Getz side of my family. Not like Matt Gates, but Getz. Got to meet all of them in uh, in Panama. And it is remarkable that at a time uh, in my life where I am, that I would uh, I would find a whole new family. It's it's pretty remarkable, and I never felt as uh, well. I have felt as loved, but I felt loved by by them, and it was a remarkable event. I'll, I'll share as the uh, as the show progresses. But I, I want to tie into uh, what uh, what got Mike Pence into a great deal of trouble this weekend. To what I observed when I went back to my uh, my hometown, and uh, and my home, my actual home. Um, I decided to take some time after the family reunion and drive around and, and drive around and, and see what uh, what things look like. And it's kind of odd because just a few years ago, I realized that I grew up poor. Um, I didn't really know until my mom and my family told me, yeah, you know, we were pretty poor. I was like, I didn't think we were poor. I, I just, you know, I, I wore shoes until they came off. Uh, I uh, I never ate at McDonald's or Burger King uh, until I was you know able to drive myself as a teenager. Um, you know we we shopped at the half price story uh, store and the and the no frill supermarket, which is the supermarket where they actually uh, put on the on the shelves. They just put the boxes of the cans of peas, and you uh, you literally they cut the top of the box open. <laughs> And you grab it. But it's a no no frill supermarket is what it's called. And uh, you know, we had the half price store, the off brand shoes. I think uh, I think I had a pair of shoes from uh, uh Badidas and maybe uh Zyke, you know, just <laughs> terrible knockoffs. I never realized that we were pretty poor. I mean, we got free government cheese one year. I'll never forget that. It was uh, the year that they over uh, they, they, they there was too much milk being uh milked from cows and so they were giving out government cheese, and so we got some government cheese. And man, I tell you what, we had to come to cheese's moment that summer because we were eating cheese left and right. I hell, I was eating uh, grilled cheese sandwiches without the bread. That's how it was so glorious. It was just wonderful. But my mother never took uh, public assistance. Um, we we subsisted. My father left early. We lived by ourselves, and then uh, she got remarried. But it was uh, it was uh, we never knew what it was like to have money. I remember Easter, uh, I think I was in first grade, and my mom was um, 
single after my father walked out on us. <clears throat> and we went downstairs, and we were you know, expecting Easter baskets, and there were three cereal bowls, and divided between them was a bag of jelly beans. And <laughs> like, wow, boy, I tell you what, that was a disappointing Easter, but, but I, I never thought I was poor. We, we, uh, we were warm in the winter, we were cool in the summer, uh, and we had food, and most of the food we had, we raised ourselves, but I never really thought about it. And I went back to Neola, Iowa, my hometown, and I drove around and I, and I saw some of the other towns and I, and I realized uh, these were the towns that Mike Pence and establishment uh, politicians in Washington, D.C. could give a crap less about. Could, uh, could give a crap less about. And I was, um, my optimism about the country has not gone anywhere and, and I, I believe that better days are ahead of us. But I have seen the descent of my hometown and the towns surrounding my hometown uh, to a place that I never even imagined before. And uh, we'll get to that. But I do, this weekend, the, the TPUSA uh, uh, concert, uh, concert, it was like a concert, it was like rock stars. But the, uh, the big conference was this week. It was uh, very uh, highly uh, uh, viewed. A lot of people noticed it. Donald Trump gave uh, an excellent speech yesterday. I thought, was, I thought it was really, um, or, or Saturday, I should say. His speech, uh, it, was, it was a... It was storytelling, it was policy, it was comedy, it was connecting with the audience like no other candidate can. Uh, you got a Trump speech, and then you got what Donald Trump said. He spoke, and I listened to him on the way back from Omaha Council Bluffs to Kansas City, which is about a three-hour drive. And for the first time, I listened to a Trump speech without seeing him on stage or seeing him pointing to the media in the back and whatever. And it was, it was very, it was excellent. It was better than... Normal. I think it was a better speech than he's had, although all of his speeches are good, but also just hearing his words and his pauses and his story of, you know, when he, when he told the story, he told a story about flying into Iraq at night in Air Force One for a clandestine visit, and all the lights in the cabin of Air Force One and on the ground were out, so they were flying in to a enemy territory, essentially, uh, maybe we owned it, but, but there were enemies around in total darkness. And unlike Hillary Clinton's lie about a corkscrew landing in Bosnia, I knew this was real. And he spoke as an outsider on Air Force One. He gave us a sneak peek on what it's like to be Donald Trump walking up to the cockpit, talking to the pilot and going, hey, we're at 2,000 feet. I don't see a runway. And it was, it was, uh, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant speech. And, and there's a reason why Donald Trump is out in front of the straw poll. Not a surprise. He's ahead in the straw poll at, uh, at uh, uh, TPUSA, 87 to 4%, you know, because uh, DeSantis wasn't there. That's one thing. And the other thing was Donald Trump delivered such an incredible address, and the young people at TPUSA are conservative, and they love the country. And they're probably, presumably, uh, young enough they don't remember all of the bull crap that this government has done to us. They just see the United States as a place for opportunity and greatness and freedom. And so they, uh, the straw poll at the end showed that uh, 87% voted Trump. Not a, not a big surprise. It's a non-scientific non poll. Uh, the half of respondents chose Vimak Remaswamy as... Uh, as his uh, second uh, choice um, for vice president, I should say, number one choice for vice president was uh, <laughs> was Kerry Lake, and, and this doesn't surprise me because the the vibe at this uh, conference was we're just done with government crap and lies 
and vote theft and lies and COVID and lies and spending and lies and cover-ups and lies and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So did it surprise me to see Carrie Lake as number one on the list for uh, VP, then Vimak Ramaswamy, and by the way, one other, and I'm kind of leaning towards this guy as being the dude because Tim Scott ain't going to be the dude. After these, this weekend, Tim Scott is not going to be the dude, all right? Byron Donalds could be the dude. You're saying that because he's black. No, I'm not, they're different, completely different. Uh, Tim Scott really showed himself as a typical rhino establishment with regard to the border, not really making any big changes, just kind of saying, we're going to send a message and we're going to write a memo and all of this. And Donald Trump is like, now nah, we're going to send the military and we're going to tell Mexico to shut it down and we're going to tariff everything coming out of Mexico 25% minimum. So a lot of these uh, attendees, they expect uh, action and not just words. And unfortunately, uh, words were on display for most of the candidates there this weekend, other than Donald Trump. But this is the, uh, this is the uh, comment that ended Mike Pence's political career, even though I actually knew his political career was over before he even announced a run for president. Along the way, the Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their... Now, Mike Pence went into this conference thinking that this was just another Republican crowd, and he was essentially George Bush talking about uh, our operations going on in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he wouldn't have to explain any of this because, you know, the military and tanks, and you're going to pay for the tanks and freedom and America and DDD and all that crap. And Tucker said, uh, wait, 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 hold, hold, hold on a second. 16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are, distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. Yeah. There's not yeah. one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. Right. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Whoa. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm what the hell? What the hell? We're not looking at Ukraine like we did at Iraq. We're not looking at Ukraine with the same patriotic fervor that we had been whipped into after 9-11. Uh, they tried to rah-rah on Ukraine and get everybody to think Ukraine, America, freedom, we're fighting for freedom, when really we're not. There's nothing associated with freedom whatsoever going on in Ukraine that we should be involved in. What we do know is that the President of the United States has gotten a bleep load of money illegally from Ukraine, uh, from Russia, and from China, which makes me kind of wonder why we're there in the first place. But if you expect the same kind of enthusiasm about sending tanks and all of that in front of a, a conservative conference that you would have gotten, say, in 2002, you're sorrily mistaken, and he blew it. And he absolutely blew it. Here is Tucker uh, a little bit later on talking about uh, Mike Pence. No, 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 no. But if I could make some general observations, which I think are more edifying than just, like, savaging Mike Pence. Um, 
I, I think, <laughs> which I'm not going to do. No, Mike already savaged himself. Now, coming up, I've got some audio from uh, Asa Hutchinson, from Tim Scott, two other candidates who don't have a chance. And now I know Tim Scott doesn't have a chance. Because he, and like some of you have warned me, I, you know, I don't know much about Tim Scott. He seems like a good guy. But some people have said, Rob, he, he's, a, he's a rhino, man. He's a rhino. And what he said at this conference to me said, rhino, rhino, rhino. Nikki Haley, rhino. Uh, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy did not sound like a rhino. Did not. Uh, so I'm going to share some more audio. And then I want to tell you the story of what I saw. Because what I saw is exactly what Tucker Carlson said about the country. Because I saw these towns that were hopeful uh, with, with, with uh, spotless farms, with uh, the equipment lined up and the grass perfectly mowed. And then I drove into Portsmouth. And I drove into Missouri Valley. And I drove into Minden. And I drove into Panama. And what I saw... <laughs> it's funny. I was watching last night. I was looking. There was this... Uh, uh, video on YouTube is like Appalachia, the poorest place in America, and they showed this little town in West Virginia. And then I compared it to Persia, where I drove through yesterday. I went, damn, that looks good. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it looked good. They had businesses open. Persia doesn't. Persia doesn't. BB Town doesn't. Crescent doesn't. Missouri Valley doesn't. Silver City doesn't. None of them do. So anyway, your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680, 800-922-6680. This, my friends, is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Time to put critical race theory in critical condition. It's The Rob Carson Show. Along the way, the Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying... So Mike Pence said that he's been pressuring the Biden administration. He's been pressuring the Biden administration because they're not doing enough to support Ukraine. Can you believe that? $120 billion to $200 hundred billion dollars into this thing mike pence is telling america that he's pressuring the biden administration to do even more and of course this is what tucker carlson had to say about that we've been telling them we'll train their f-16 pilots but now they're saying maybe january we'll let somebody transfer he's really oblivious i mean he's like he's like thinking gonna eat, people are gonna eat this up or some jets i'm sorry mr vice president have you i know you're running for president you are distra- you. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet... Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Wow, you're done. Stick a fork in there, brother. That turkey thermometer just popped out of his head because he's done, done, done. I went home to my biological family reunion. It had been postponed for several years because of COVID, but I got to meet my biological family, and uh, they will you know, never be able to replace the family that raised me, but it is nice to have another family. 
and I drove through towns that I grew up in. You know, there was uh, Portsmouth, and uh, Portsmouth is terrible. It's, it says this little sign on the exterior of the town. It's still there, and it's well landscaped. There's an American flag, and it says, Welcome to the best small town in America. And then when you get into Portsmouth, you realize how much things have slipped. And then I went to Panama, and Panama is uh, very rough. There's no business there. There's a small store. Uh, but, um, you know, these are towns that are too small for a Dollar General. They are. They're, they're smaller than towns I saw when I drove through Mississippi. And there's BB Town in Crescent, Missouri Valley, where my mom and dad had apartments. And a few months ago, I went up to those apartments, and they, they looked like a meth lab. And I walked up, and this guy immediately stopped me. He says, what do you want? And I said, well, my, we, my folks used to own these apartments. I just stopped mine. He goes, I don't think you, uh, you need to be here. I was like, okay. And, Went to Trainer and Trainer's a shell, and Avoca's a shell, and Soldier's a shell, and Council Bluffs has got really amazing stuff. Donald Trump was in uh, Council Bluffs the other day, did delivered a speech, and some of my relatives went to see him speak. They went to see him speak, and they, they got to go in the building and, and, and see him speak at the hotel there to farmers everywhere. And then he went to the Dairy Queen. And Council Bluffs, at least, is a little ahead of the curve because they spent a bunch of, they got a bunch of, uh, I don't know if it's federal or state money, but they redid Broadway. But unfortunately, the beautiful new paved streets of Broadway still lead to the, uh, the laundromat and the, uh, uh, the, the vape shops and the liquor stores. And, you know, there's no bad, uh, good restaurants, just fast food places, nothing against them. But I just, when I, when I drove up and down the streets of Panama, past the Catholic Church, when I drove, into the streets of Crescent and Missouri Valley, I saw absolute poverty. Poverty like, you know, you, you normally expect to see in Mississippi, you expect to see in whatever. And my high school, Tri-Center High School in Neola, Iowa, when I graduated from high school, was 70 kids. And I thought, man, the way things are growing here, they're going to have 100 kids in the class in a couple of years. Hell, they might even have a couple hundred. They're under 40 now. There's under 40 kids at Tri-Center High School. There's under 200 kids in the entire high school. And I drove by my old house, and there's some people living in our house, and they, they don't have a lot of money, and they, they don't have enough money to, for instance, the, the big maple trees in the front yard, the, the, the giant stumps of those are still there because they don't have the money to remove. They don't have the money to fix the roof. They don't have money to fix the windows. And, and that's what I saw everywhere. And then I, then I hear Mike Pence talking about, you know, we, we really need to send more money to Ukraine, and Joe Biden's, we need to send more money to Ukraine. And, and, and I drove by 50 50 East Palestine, Ohio's while I was home. And then I realized there was a reason for this trip, and I think I figured it out. To reconnect with where I'm from and to see how far things have descended. descended. Whereas uh, it was seemingly hopeful, I didn't detect the same amount of hope that I saw. And I saw a lot of poverty and unkempt yards and abandoned cars and houses that hadn't been painted in 30 years. And I went, where the hell is Washington, D.C.? And all of this, we're more concerned with uh, telling a farmer that he should uh, forget using a tractor that runs on diesel when he's already suffering. And you know the amazing thing about where I drove home is that um, people there, (laughs) they spend their whole lives and spend every day getting up at dawn and working to the middle of the night to put food on your table so they can put food on theirs. And Washington, D.C. is tone deaf about all of it. Coming up, Asa Hutchinson is bye-bye. Tim Scott is bye-bye. Tucker and Donald Trump, his big speech. And your calls, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show.
In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion. Gold was $1,000 an ounce. Today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have $1 trillion in interest payments annually, another $1 trillion on defense, do we really think the spending is going to slow down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. The oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vacancies, plunging valuations, and higher interest rates, more companies are just going to walk away. It's no wonder Google searches for how to buy gold hit record levels in 2023. It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today, by the way. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. Call the proud Americans at Patriot Gold today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be physical gold and silver. Call 888-309-9181. That's 888-309-9181 and get a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now, 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. We the people are mad as hell. It's the Rob Carson Show. So I went to uh, Iowa and uh, went to my family reunion, my uh, biological family reunion. First time I went, I met a lot of uh, folks, a lot of cousins, a lot of, uh, it was really, really something else. Um, and a lot of them, uh, several of them had gone to the Trump rally in Council Bluffs not too far. And, and the one thing that I'll tell you about, um, about people who are supporting Trump right now, and I'm not meaning to make this a campaign ad for Trump, I'm just telling you the truth here. They look at him as the person who's going to save the country. That's it. Uh, they don't look to Tim Scott to save the country. Uh, they know that Mike Pence isn't going to save the country. They're looking at Donald Trump because he's the man who's going to save the country. Joe Biden would never make an appearance at the DQ at Council Bluffs, Iowa. He would never do that. And, and as I was driving, one other thing that I did this weekend is I discovered music again. I, mean, I got a, a sound system put in my, my truck for the first time that I was in high school. I drove the same roads that I did when I was a kid. It was one of the things I did. I didn't drink in high school. I'd just drive around with my buddy Jim, and we just listened to the best music ever in my, in my car. And I, and I put a new sound system in my car, and, and I drove around. And this is a song that I kept hearing as I drove around, and I saw these towns that I used to go play baseball in, and how many have been overgrown and how many businesses on the main drag have shut down in Persia there's none of them no businesses open in Persia anymore and I heard this song this is a guy named Coulter Wall I just want to give you a little sample of it because I just listen my sense catches up with me wanted you to hear the beginning of this song because he is uh, amazing and, you know, the same thing's going on in inner cities around America. They, they feel the same hopelessness. They see the same uh, destruction of their livelihoods as people in Iowa do. But wait, listen to this guy real quick. It, it, and then, I, then I'll, uh, I'll get back to my story. It just hit me. The sadness that exists out there across our country. Coulter Wall is this guy's name. Sunshine beating on the good times, moonlight racing from the grave, string band playing more of that honky tonk's pretty young thing going dancing in the rain. Now this is.
is a guy that I posted on uh, social media last week. I said when I heard that song, it was the, like listening to the ghost of Johnny Cash. But I was listening to that song as I drove by um, the old truck stop where the copper kettle used to be and mended on the highway. And across the street now, there's a Casey's General store. It's a corporate interest. They, they own it now. And the place across the street, the truck stop that was there, I remember there was a there was a hundred foot sign and and they would pay a, uh, somebody a hundred dollars to go up and change the gas prices when I was in high school they'd do it every few days, and that was their big claim to fame and all that was left there was a grass lot with weeds growing over and the same post for that sign, and then uh, in Minden there was a vacancy at the hotel that was just completely broken down the only business really open was Lee Hans Drug and and the, the little grocery store there it used to be blue and white owned by Johnny Elias and and the Minden Bulls still open but there were no cars in front of it. And uh, and I heard that song again and again and again, and I watched out the window of my truck, and I got out, and I, I walked uh, you know down the road that I used to live, and, and I, just, I, I just felt something that I didn't feel when I was a kid, and I felt hopelessness for some people. I felt sadness because it really, uh, the country has slipped. The country has slipped. The, uh, the economy slipped. The, the energy uh, dependence, once again, by the United States has slipped. Uh, it, you know, clearly, uh, inflation has gotten to so many of these people. It's just amazing. And these are towns, by the way, they aren't big enough to have a Dollar General. A Dollar General would be a, a gift from God. And then I hear tone-deaf things from people like Mike Pence saying, that's not my problem, and I realize what the problem is, and the problem is in Washington, D.C., this is Asa Hutchinson. These are, this is the interview that ended his uh, political career, although he never had a, a farts chance in the wind. But here he is talking about uh, uh, approval of a transgender uh, surgery and, uh, and COVID shots are okay. No, 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 but you said that children should be able to choose their gender and their parents should be able to affirm that and the state has no role in getting involved. So how is that different? You're saying that a child shouldn't be able to choose a bathroom, but he can choose his sex? I don't understand. Let me finish okay. what I Great. said. Let me finish. Oh, I hope you will. If you don't mind. Well, please do. And the finish is that I told Obama they were wrong. I said it publicly that the school districts can ignore that guidance. And so that's where I think this, the government should not be pushing an agenda in our schools. And that's what I oppose. And so I want the government to stay out. I want the parents and communities and our faith to guide us through these difficult decisions. And I, and I will stop with this, but you have repeatedly described delaying a child's natural progression from childhood to adulthood through adolescence. You've described that as, quote, treatment. And so that raises the, I mean, clearly you've answered the question. You believe it's treatment. You believe, I suppose, that people can change their sex. Because if you don't believe that, you wouldn't call it treatment, would you? No answer. Right to decide what medicine you take in the form of, of COVID mandates. Um, how did you feel about that? And how many COVID shots did you take? And how do you feel about it now, in retrospect? How many COVID shots did you take? Zero. Yeah, it was uh, it was remarkably easy for Tucker Carlson to take down those candidates because he's resolved like the American people are to saving the country and and sniffing out rhino establishment swamp dwelling crap. And that's he did us a favor by getting rid of Mike Pence and H. Hutchinson this weekend. He did us a favor. Here is uh, here is talking to uh, Tim Scott. Now, Donald Trump 
and others, and I believe that Ron DeSantis is saying, here's the deal. Uh, we send in military uh, resources to end this nonsense with Mexico. We tell them that this fentanyl over, uh, you know, uh, tra- uh, the trafficking ends, this child sex trafficking ends, uh, this enriching of the drug lords ends. And here's what Tim Scott had to say, which effectively, re- you know, revealed him as a true rhino business as usual, Paul Ryan Republican. Would you be willing to say to the Mexican government, your economy runs on factories right over the border, car plants, for example, but many other manufacturing uh, plants. And we're just going to slap tariffs on that and tank your economy, like tomorrow, unless you stop allowing poison to come into our country. Like, why not do that? And that's what you do as the president, and you can do it. Like, I don't know anyone who's been killed by Russia. I know people personally who've been killed by Mexico. The government of Mexico allows fentanyl to be made in its country and to come over our border. Yes. And remittances from Mexico are a huge part of their economy. The Mexican government is party to the murder of hundreds of thousands of Americans. So why is Mexico less of a threat than Russia? Well, two things. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Here we go into the cliched, uh, uh, typical uh, stump speech nonsense. Hey, but yeah, and fr- I mean, frankly, here's, here's no Americans killed by Russia, yep. hundreds of thousands killed by Mexico, but Mexico's our ally and Russia's our enemy. How does that work? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I the legislation I have sponsored that I would sign oh, as God. the United States. The legislation freezes the assets of the Mexican cartels, targets the Mexican cartels, and hopefully eliminates the flow of fentanyl. Because I do. Agree. Hopefully, hopefully it eliminates fentanyl. Hopefully. Yeah, you see why? You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Here, here's Tucker Carlson asking about deporting illegals, which Donald Trump, by the way, over the weekend said he would go after everybody who came here illegally during the last three years. He said, we are going to find them and we are going to send them back. Foreign nationals here illegally, many with fake papers, uh, who are here. Like, what do you do with them? You become president, yes. sworn in January 2025, and you've got, let's say, 7 million people who've come in in the last four years. Do you, I mean, what do you do with them? Do you deport them? I think it's a very difficult task to deport them all at one time. But here's what we make sure they never do, is you never break the law and become an American citizen by breaking the laws. Well, hold on. But, but would you deport any of them? How many would you deport? I, I think you have to start the process of identifying. Now, there's no starting the process. In government, the process starts and it never finishes. It never ends. We don't want to hear about starting the process. Process. We want to hear about stopping the incursion. That's it. Where they are. Listen, listen, this is a really important question. I hope that we don't miss this. Because those folks who come into our country illegally, even those who are seeking asylum, go around our country. And some of the asylum dates for your court appearance is 2000. I don't even care. I want to hear why they're here, if they came here illegally, and if they do not have a just reason, and 99% of them do not, I want to hear how we reverse what Biden did to us. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear this nonsense. I don't want to hear, hey, maybe we can stop fentanyl by going after the bank records of the, or whatever, of the, of the, of the drug. I don't want to hear that. America doesn't want to hear it. We, we, this is not, guys, I saw a, you know, a, a friend of mine on, online talking about, well, DeSantis, if you look at the curve of this election, the, you know, the, in the last, in the 2020, this happened and this happened, or in the 2008, this happened and this happened. I said, that's all out the window. Everything's out the window because right now, 
the American people, 73% of us, 74% of us, think the country's going in the wrong direction, meaning they're worried about the future of the country. So if you're just going to talk about policy and and waging another war, thinking that rah-rah sending more tanks is going to get you votes, maybe like it did George Bush in his second term, it's not going to happen now. Let's go to Buster in Santa Cruz, our first call of the week. Buster, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. Man, I love the story about growing up and everything because I think that's why I love you, babe. Man, (laughs) you know, I tell you, we've we've lived it. We've experienced it. And you're on the money. And I'll tell you what I'm experiencing out here. Okay, I know you don't want to hear it, and I don't like California. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of here. (laughs) Yes, I know. But I'll tell you, Bubba, I, I, I mean... Okay, best way I can describe it is, because I ain't got much time. <laughs> I'm on my way out. You got to right. deal with it. <laughs> All right. No, All right. <laughs> okay, listen. It's like this. It's unbelievable. And where I'm at, how uh, the Mexicans have infiltrated this. I mean, nobody talks English anymore. And they don't think nothing of it. I can't understand what anybody's talking about. They're so rude. I'm so pissed off, Rob. Okay, it's got Trump is on the money. We've got to get down and dirty with these Mexicans. Well, it's 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 not only it's not only Mexicans, Buster. It's people coming illegally from all over the world. And uh, where I'm at, all I see is Mexicans. Well, you know. But I know, you I know, see the same thing. Ch- Wait a minute, I, a lot of Chinamen, too, up here. Okay, okay. Right. Now, now you're just sounding kind of old-timey racist there, Buster. All these Chinamen and all these, uh, you Chinamen. <laughs> Come on, Buster. I am racist. Why? All right, Buster. Uh, you know what? Good to see you. No, no, we're done. We're done. No, no, down. Bring it. No. Dusty, no. I love you. That's No, you're way off mark on this one. There are people in the country illegally. I don't care whether they're coming here for whatever, whatever. There's a way to get here in the country. There's a way to get a work visa to come over and work in the country. And we don't have that. And, and where I live, if you drive right across, you know, I live uh, in the uh, <laughs> I live in the armpit of uh, Johnson County. Not quite the, the, the worst part of Johnson County because across the bridge, you see uh, a great deal of Hispanics who've moved in here. And they're hardworking people. You, you see like a duplex and, and in front of the house, there's five pickup trucks with ladder trucks on it. And they all live in that one place because they ain't got any money. But, you know, that still doesn't give you an excuse to be here. Uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, now there's all sorts of these, uh, well, as with most places, you see these uh, stores that cater exclusively to uh, Spanish-speaking, um, uh, you know, uh, clientele. I have no problem with that. But the thing is, uh, you know, whatever happened to coming here proudly, becoming a part of our culture. That's the issue. It's not about your Mexican. It's not about your Chinese. It's about paying homage to your heritage while loving this country and forsaking the countries that raised you to accept this as your home that you would fight for now. That's what we're missing. That's what we're missing. Anybody can come here and get work but if you don't respect the country and love the country and are willing to defend the country as founded, then we got a problem. Back to what was being said over the weekend about, you know, by people like uh, uh, Tim Scott, who now, I've, I mean, I have no 
I don't even think he's not even vice presidential candidate material. He is so Paul Ryan, it's just ridiculous. Asa Hutchinson never had a shot. Mike Pence is done, 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 done. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson talking about uh, Donald Trump and the, and the reason why. Uh, and, and I'm going to get to the Trump audio and, and your calls as well. Um, but uh, this is why uh, Trump is resonating with people in places like Baltimore and uh, Panama, Iowa. But because Joe Biden and his many allies, from Chuck Schumer to Mitch McConnell to Paul Ryan and every single news anchor on all of television, all of them believe that Ukraine, its borders, its future, its infrastructure are all more important than the town that you live in. They sincerely think that. And it's obvious. Everyone in power thinks that, except for Donald Trump. Whatever else you say about him, Trump is the one guy with an actual shot of becoming president who dissents from Washington's long-standing pointless war agenda. And for that, that one fact, they're trying to take Trump out before you can vote for him. And that should upset you more than anything that's happened in American politics in your lifetime. Yeah, and uh, Mike Pence talked about, blithely, about sending more tanks, rah-rah American, and he thought that that would work. I think, and I hope, he recognizes his folly. But I doubt that he'll even... Uh, acknowledge that. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. It's The Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. Pretty exciting weekend. Uh, the box office, Mission Impossible 7. Which one is this one called? It's Isn't it called Tom Cruise parachutes off a motorcycle? It's like Mission Impossible. A 60-year-old dude uh, jumps off of a cliff on a motorcycle. No, it was, uh, was it Mission Impossible 7, whatever the hell. Oh, The Dead Reckoning Part 1. Okay. Anyway, uh, it, was the only, it was number one at the box office. And you know what number two was? It was Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. A movie that had been uh, rejected by movie studios, a, a movie that you should see about the trafficking of children across our southern border, which Mika Brzezinski says this isn't happening. But it is, it is, it is. It's caused by the open border. And, and uh, so, yeah, it kicked the butt at the week, uh, weekend box office. You get a chance to see it, see it. Um, I'm gonna, my next movie is going to be uh, Oppenheimer. I'm looking forward to it. My wife's going to take the kids to Barbie. I don't even care about Barbie. I got no problem with Barbie. I think it's going to be mindless pap, you know, typical stuff. You take a toy, make it into a movie. Uh, you know, that's what, <laughs> instead, of, instead of making the movie and then selling the toys, this is taking a toy and making it into a movie. Star Wars, they came up with Star Wars, they sold the toys. Now they just take a toy and make it into a movie. So you eliminate the middleman. It's already marketable. There you go. Sell some more Barbies. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I'm going to go see Oppenheimer. I'm going to see it in IMAX. I think it's going to be uh, amazing. Um, one more, just one more thought in this segment about, um, uh, you know, where I was this weekend um, with my family, biological family reunion. Um, it's interesting going back and, and like a lot of the times when you, when you age and, and you pardon me, I've never gotten old before. Have you? Yeah. So I'm in my 50s, so I'm starting to realize, oh, yeah, I'm kind of getting up there. I'm still young. If it was on my tombstone, I'd be like, I died early. But if it's a car, you know, built when I was born, it's a classic, right? And so you you look at things with a different perspective. So when I look at what's happening at America's college and university, I can compare it with the past, whereas somebody who was born in 1995 can't. And so I'm driving around and I'm like, I want to tell these kids about the things that, you know, this is this is what I guess older people do. 
like I, I'm at the old the swimming pool where I where I grew up, and I was there when it was built. Now it's 40 years old. And I said, you know, I want to tell these kids that where's the white cross cross over there where Dale Wellman got run over by the dump truck? His father and his crew was working on the, the area road there, and they backed over him. And his father, his son, died right there. Dale Wellman, he was 16 years old. And then I was driving into Neola, and there's no white cross for the school bus that in 1976 went uh, went down and killed three students, including the driver of the bus. Uh, her, her daughter, her name was Paige James, and well, she was my best, my my sister's best friend, and my best friend Robbie Gilbert died in that crash as well. But there's no cross there. And, and, you know, it's the same way with this life now. You don't realize where the scars are and where the, the things happen. And so if you're just born in 95 or 98 or 2005, you're not going to realize that. You're not going to know, oh, yeah, in that place that happened. And that's kind of where we are as a country. You've got a, young, a lot of young people coming along who, who think we should, you know, think America sucks and all that. But they're not seeing the history. They're not seeing the gravestones that are all marble, that are white with etches of very short uh, lives from, you know, uh, 19 and 20 years old, people who died for our country, and, and that's what we're missing. That's what we're missing. So coming up, I, I do want to uh, talk to you a little bit about Donald Trump's speech over the weekend. We've got some other news to get to, uh, including, oh, the cocaine cover-up in the White House. It's just really big and ugly. And America gets it. That's all coming up, guys. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere.